Hi, you're listening to Rapid Tapping with me, Poppy Delbridge. I'm so excited about today. We have a really special guest called Lynn McTaggart. I have followed her work for years and she's a real authority on all things to do with intention. And also, you know, remember that tapping is really about tapping into things that you can achieve in your life. And Lynn is a real advocate for positive change. She's an activist for natural health. She is someone who really believes in miracles, perhaps somewhat reluctantly herself, as a reporter, lecturer, journalist. She has conducted hundreds of experiments on how we can heal ourselves, but also how we can use the power of intention. I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. Really enjoy it. It's Lynn McTaggart. I'm here today with someone I'm super excited to talk to. Her name is Lynn McTaggart, and I've been a follower of her for many years. I've read loads of her books. She is a multiple author. She's written The Field, The Quest for the Secret Force of the Universe, The Intention Experiment, The Power of Eight, and loads more. She's a journalist, lecturer. She's an actor activist actually she's an activist for natural health and how we can start to heal ourselves um and we're just going to see where this conversation goes but i'm super excited welcome lynn thank you so much poppy it's great to be with you ah brilliant so this is like literally so exciting for me because i have told people about your work for some time and I really love where you've come from with it because I would put you as a bit of a sort of reluctant believer in possibilities, actually, and miracles. And I just wanted to know, you know, where did it all come from? You know, this this sort of almost like this kind of trajectory to teach others the powers of the universe. Where did it all start? <laughs> I mean, I've always been interested in deep mysteries of the universe. I've always had that kind of spiritual side. But I have a training as an investigative reporter. When I started out my work, I was, you know, I had hidden tape recorders strapped to me and I was busting baby selling rings. You know, I was putting bad guys in jail. That was that was what I thought my job was. And I had been very influenced as a child by Woodward and Bernstein. You know, these guys who they were rookie journalists and they took down a corrupt presidency. And I thought, wow, that's what I want to do. And so that activist side, that investigative side has really never left me. But I segued into health because I got ill early on in my early 30s and no one could figure out what was wrong with me. And I went for, to everyone from um, conventional doctors to the very outer rim of alternative medicine and no one could figure it out. So I finally said to myself, well, if I'm going to get better, I have to take charge of this myself. I researched what I thought I had. And then I found the doctor I thought could cure me, who was a pioneer back then in, in nutritional medicine. And we worked together as a partnership. And I was so blown away by uh, his approach of natural medicine of working with the patients, not as children, but as partners, that I got pretty boring on the subject. I started telling everybody about it. And so my husband turned to me and said, well, don't tell me, don't tell our friends, tell the world. So we started What Doctors Don't Tell You, then as a newsletter, way back in 1989. And uh, it's still going now, of course, as an international magazine. In the course of researching that work, which was looking at medical evidence for what works and what doesn't work in conventional and alternative medicine, I kept coming across very good studies of spiritual healing. And that stopped me. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, if you can have a thought and send it to someone else and make them better, that in itself undermines everything we think about how the world works. So I set out trying to find out why spiritual healing works. And I thought, well, I'll talk to some 
frontier physicists, et cetera, et cetera. They'll tell me there's human energy fields. I'll write it up. That'll be it. Collect the check. And that, of course, was not it. What I discovered in writing and researching the field was a new science in the process of being created. created. And each of these scientists had found a little patch of it. And I realized soon with some great alarm that I was going to have to put this all together. So I did, and that really changed me because I kept asking more questions about this new science. You know, if thoughts can affect things in the world, how far can we take this? You know, we talking about curing cancer with our thoughts. We talking about just shifting a quantum particle. So <clears throat> that, you know, I, I'm a I'm a nosy person as a as a reporter. So just wanting to know more, wanting to find out more, and then wanting to teach people what I've found has really been my passion. Mm, love it. <laughs> And, you know, it's um, it's interesting because I think so often, well, I feel as well, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have that experience mm. of seeing like firsthand miracles, right? Um, and you very kindly invited me to be a keynote at your upcoming show, Natural Health Show, which is coming up uh, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th that kind of weekend, right, of June? Yeah, the 17th to 19th of June at the yeah. Business Design Centre in London. Yes, yes. And in that, we're going to be sort of talking about all of the, the things that we've seen, but then the research behind it, which I think is really interesting. Me personally, I had an experience where I saw my dad be diagnosed <laughs> with a stage four cancer uh, around about 1989, actually. And... Um, and, and, and the only thing that he could do, there was no medical care for him, was to go down the two paths, actually. One I talk about a lot with my tapping in my work, which is the mind and the power of the thought, which obviously is like huge. But the other side that I don't talk about so much is the natural health. And he was taking at one point, you know, about 40 different supplements. And what was really interesting to me is when he dipped those, they were pretty expensive. It was expensive at the time. Um, his cancer grew. And what he managed to do was keep that cancer at bay for nearly, you know, 20 years and be really fit and healthy. Yeah. And it was like, wow, I've seen it firsthand. So I think when you've experienced that change, you have nothing else to do but talk about it, right? Well, you know, so many people are suffering. Illness is so prevalent in, um, in the planet now, on the planet. And the illnesses that were rare in the beginning of the 20th century, like heart disease, like cancer, there was in the beginning of the 20th century, a doctor working with his medical students uh, opened up a patient who had died with cancer and said, have a look at this, fellows, because this is the last time you're going to see this. Now, cancer kills one in three of us, you know. So um, a lot of those degenerative diseases are diseases of the 20th and 21st century. And yes, the, the tools of modern medicine don't really cover chronic disease. They're brilliant for emergency medicine. If I want to go out and you know, if I go out the door right now and I get run over by a truck, I want the best of modern medicine to glue me back together again. But for anything chronic, over the years, we've discovered um, tools and alternative practices, integrative practices that work far better than anything that conventional medicine can throw out. Because mostly with conventional medicine, it's about maintenance, not cure. And with alternative medicine, as you've probably seen many times, with the power of tapping, there is cure. Yes, 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 yes. So let's talk about tapping. Let's talk about your experience of tapping. Um, <clears throat> so tell us how you came across it, how you've used it. Okay, great. So I know Nick Ortner. Um, and I also knew Roger Callahan, who created thought field therapy, as, which was the precursor to tapping 
um, or emotional freedom techniques, as I think it's more technically known as. And um, I studied what Callahan and his wife did, and it was amazing. They went to places like Rhonda, where there had been so many traumatized people, and they actually did a study there um, with people who, you know, watched their their loved ones get hacked to death by machetes, you know, horrible traumatic experiences. And they worked with them. Um, and there was extraordinary percentage, vast majority of people were completely healed of this terrible, life changing trauma. So when I read about that, I mean, we wrote some stories about it and how powerful it was. And of course, I loved what I love about it is that it marries ideas from traditional Chinese medicine uh, to many modern practices. And it doesn't require a practitioner as thought field therapy does. It requires yourself and a little bit of knowledge. So I have been really amazed to see what tapping can do, but also amazed to see what tapping can do for so-called mental illness. And that's what I find is amazing. It's great for weight loss. It's great for depression. It's great for all those, that collection of emotional, mental things. It doesn't really distinguish between the mental and the physical. I think that's mm -hmm. what's brilliant. It's just such a fast track to healing. Yeah, yeah. And really, I think we're really at the beginning of what it can do because Essentially, what tapping is able to do is, yeah, shut down the stress response, which then has such a knock-on effect in the body and what manifests there. But, but also, it's like raising your energy and frequency to this level where your baseline emotional state is okay to be higher. And I think that's what I'm really excited by, you know, a, being able to have that self-efficacy, right, where you can just grab your fingertips and know the basics and then get on with it and it's not bamboozling it's actually a lifestyle thing and you can use it to almost like top up with all your other energy work and intentional work that's what I find so exciting I mean what's to come I mean you must think about this all all day long um, and if you're not going everyone to the natural health show you must because it's really about a journey isn't it of evolution in how we treat ourselves Absolutely. I mean, what we're trying to do is to provide people with an enormous menu of options for healing. So we have speakers and demonstrators. We have three stages and we have all kinds of speakers and demonstrators who are going to show you everything from yoga after cancer to Reiki or reconnective healing to um, uh, um other kinds of modalities like McTimony chiropractic um, to we have a panel on thyroid. Um, so we have two women who were healed through very different methods of very debilitating thyroid problems. We have a debate on paleo versus vegan, which will be mm. really fun Two two practitioners who have witnessed really good results with very different diets. So we want to have them talk back and forth. And, you know, we're covering so many different kinds of conditions to demonstrate. We have a Dr. Syra Myhill, who's the wonderful um, <clears throat> expert in, she's healed thousands of people of chronic fatigue, diabetes, et cetera. She's going to be talking about getting energy back, uh, really mm -hmm. aimed at people with chronic fatigue and energy issues yeah. And so much more. And I'm going to be speaking about mind over medicine. I'm going to speak about my favorite subject, which is yeah. how the mind can heal you and why the mind is the most important organ you have for healing. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I'm particularly fascinated by, you know, studies of the placebo effect. And you'll appreciate this one, Poppy, because it has to do with Acupuncture. So there's a guy called Ted Kapchuk, who is a um, he's a Harvard professor and he's done a lot of studies. And one of his studies involved a bunch of people who have carpal tunnel syndrome. So that is, mm -hmm. you know, repetitive strain injury. They're 
their wrists hurt a lot from typing or whatever. So he put them into two groups. One group got pills, got medicine, and the other group got acupuncture. Now, a full third of those people, of those 200 plus people, uh, had terrible side effects and they actually took to their beds. The rest got better. Now, here's the wonderful kicker of the story. The pills were actually cornstarch. The acupuncture was sham acupuncture. Nobody got any treatment at all. But what happened was their belief governed how they responded to this so-called medicine. So if they thought, oh, this is going to cause side effects, it did. If they thought, this is going to heal me, it did. So we see this in so many in instances that the mind is actually your best pill. The mind is the thing that activates all of the healing. And so that's where I come from now and the kind of work that I'm doing with small group intention. I've seen thousands of miraculous healings in 10 minutes. Um, I've had two people get up out of their wheelchairs You know, one person paralyzed from the neck down, the other person with multiple sclerosis who pushed her wheelchair away and everything in between. Um, People who had cataracts be mostly better. People who couldn't, had stroke after effects who were better. People who could cancel their uh, operations. Uh, One woman with such bad knee arthritis that her knee was wobbling so badly she couldn't do she couldn't even walk on it and after 10 minutes of an intention she was able to do a deep squat so there mm. is the mind is this extraordinary healing element and that's what where my work sits now is helping people understand the hidden capacity they have for healing and how to tap into it mm. Whoa. I mean, this is my favorite topic, Len. Let's dive into this a bit more. So placebos, for anyone who doesn't know, I think has a bit of a bad reputation because people are stigmatizing a placebo. It's basically going, oh, what? You don't need a pill. You can just kind of do it. And it's like, yeah, the studies are incredible. I've been looking recently because of my book, which is coming out, into this, a nocebo effect, the placebo. The studies are incredible. When you look into them and the the pills that they've been given, which are basically nothing, um, the injections they're given, which are saline, are doing near enough the same as the rest of it. But why do you think the placebo has, if you believe it has, got a bit of a bad reputation? Well, the main reason it has a bad reputation is that in medical studies, um, they always pit the drug you know, they, they do what they call a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled trial. That's supposed to be the gold standard of testing new drugs and, and procedures. And so they give half of the people randomly, and they don't tell neither the researchers nor the patients know what they're getting, who's getting what. But they'll give them either the actual drug or a placebo, <clears throat> and then calculate the results and only then unblind the study so they find out who got what. Now, to their chagrin, a huge percentage of people respond to a placebo, even if it's written on there, placebo. If the doctor tells you, this is gonna make you better, a huge percentage of people respond to that. So it's the expectation of healing that's important. But for drug companies, it messes up their studies. So they go, it's only a placebo effect. They didn't really get better. They only thought they got better. As uh, David Hamilton once recorded, somebody said, well, they did get better. It's the mind that's healing them. But you see, doctors always disparage placebo. Oh, it's only a placebo effect. And a lot of doctors use placebos because they know their patient We'll get better if they just give them something and say, this will work for you. But placebos work about 67% of the time. There is no drug out there that works 67% of the time. It is 
the best drug we've got. And what it all comes down to is our mind is the best drug we've got. So it's about tapping into, speaking of tapping, tapping into <laughs> that capacity to heal that is already present in all of us. We have hidden capacities. We have capacities to affect our world. I mean, I, I've done so much work on the power of intention. I run a thing called the intention experiment, which tests the power of intention with a big group. So back in 2007, I started this because of curiosity. How far can we take this? Yes. And what happens when lots of people are having the same thought at the same time? So at the time I knew, I knew a lot of um, scientists in consciousness research and I also had lots of readers. The field was in 30 languages. So I thought, well, if I just put them together, I'll have the biggest global laboratory in the world to test this. So that's what I did. And to be honest, as you said, I was kind of a reluctant apostle poppy because I wasn't at all convinced this was going to work. But I was willing to give it a try. And it was very courageous of my editor and Simon and & Schuster to give this a try. So we did it. And we've now run 40 experiments with different scientists at prestigious universities like the University of Arizona or uh, California, uh, University of California, um, Penn State, etc. And we've worked with thousands of people around the world. I would invite people onto my website. We would create a controlled experiment um, with scientists in a laboratory or out there in the field We do the intention all at the same time. And we've run 40, everything from trying to make seeds grow faster to trying to purify water to lowering violence in either either violent areas or war-torn areas to healing someone of post-traumatic stress disorder. And of those 40 plus experiments, 36 have shown measurable, positive, mostly significant effects. As I say, as calculated, by a prestigious scientist. There is no drug out there, once again, with any kind of track record like that. So I've been playing around with the power of intention now for many years and also now interested. So I know know it's very evident that thoughts are not only things, but thoughts are things that are trespassers that go out there and affect other people and things. So I know this, but also now, since 2008, I've been working with small groups of just about eight and having them do healing intention and found powerful, powerful effects within that group where, as I say, I've witnessed thousands of healings. I do year-long classes um, with the people who meet regularly and do intention with their group, whether they're senders or receivers, Mm. a vast majority get healed in some way. Mm. Some part of their life gets healed. Mm. Yeah, it's incredible work. And it's incredible then, you know, that that you're able to (laughs) create these experiments which are not necessarily attached to any of, you know, the big kind of drug pharma world and I think you know it's just so commendable to to have this body of work I mean it's massive um for those who don't know about what the field is and you know what becomes possible for us if we look at the world in a different way which isn't governed by the traditional standards of what we can achieve like how would you explain the field okay well we are governed by science. Science writes the story we live by. And the scientific story we've been given since, you know, for 300 plus years is the science that was created by Isaac Newton, who was a great genius. But at the time, he described a very well-behaved universe of fixed separate objects operating according to fixed laws in time and space. And so he essentially defined and changed the worldview of us understanding the world as separate objects. And we ourselves were separate too. And then that got bolstered by the work of Charles Darwin, Mm -hmm. 
who believed in the ideas about population explosion at the time. And he concluded that there wasn't enough to go around. So life must proceed through struggle. And he revised his ideas much later in his life, but the genie was out of the bottle and people decided, right, survival of the fittest. So that view of life as competitive individualism has powered everything we think about how our world works. It has been the justifying principle for um, industrialization and much more, colonialism, everything, Mm, survival of one race over another, whatever. Mm, But mm. that view is not really consistent with with the science we now recognize. We now understand that we are not separate that our subatomic particles are all connected via essentially an invisible quantum energy field. So subatomic particles aren't little particles, even though they're called that. They're actually vibrating packets of energy that pass energy back and forth, almost like an endless game of quantum tennis. And in that quantum tennis game, little virtual particles get created and They're only there for less than a blink of an eye. But think about all the subatomic particles in all the world. We, you know, they comprise us. They comprise everything. So if you think of all the tennis games all going on all at the same time, you come up with this unbelievable, unfathomable amount of energy sitting out there in energy in empty space connecting us. It's if you and I were sitting a meter away, a yard away for people in Imperial, um, measurements if we were sitting a yard away from each other we would have enough energy between us to boil all the oceans of the world that's how energy dense this field is now two important points about the field one quantum subatomic particles are actually also waves and waves go on to infinity and they have a a infinite capacity to store information When they bump into each other, they take on each other's information. So what this field is, is essentially like a shadow of the universe of everything that ever happened. As I say, it all goes on to infinity. If we're in connection, if we're all part of this field, and many people say, uh, how do I enter the field? Well, you don't have to enter it. You are the field. You're part of the field. But it should give us access to all information in the universe. So we're in touch with information and it's a a tidy explanation for things like ESP or remote viewing. How can we see beyond our senses? How can we gain access to information beyond our senses? How can we affect things with our minds? All of that has a lot to do with this hidden connection, this holism. Mm. And of course, I see it in my power of eight groups. People, we've done um, actually neuroscience studies on power of eight groups and found that within a minute or two, the senders in a group sending intention to someone in the group with a health challenge, very quickly, and this is even novice senders, go into a state where the parts of the brain involved in making us feel separate, like the parietal lobes, which sit right toward the back of the head. Um, They help us navigate through space. They say, this is me, this is not me. And also parts of the brain, the front, uh, right frontal lobes, the parts of the brain involved in worry, doubt, negativity. Those are all turned way down. So the people who are part of these groups who send intention very quickly enter into a state of ecstatic oneness. And they experience what life is really like. We don't experience that. We are all connected, but we experience ourselves as separate. In that state, we don't. And people talk about effects, feeling this tingling, this amazing energy. Um, And they're talking about it even when they're doing a power of eight group over a Zoom meeting. You know, and they're feeling when I do the intention experiment, I feel overwhelming energy, as does all of the participants. They report on that all the time. So 
we are we are connected by an invisible energy field and the real key here is to learn to tap into it yes learn i love it i've got your book here i'm literally like telling everyone about it i mean it's so beautifully explained and i think because we are not brought up to know that because we are taught our own fishbowl i call it right where you just don't know and you don't know how to access it until that becomes part of the collective conversation that there is this super consciousness that we can get into if we just allow ourselves to tap in and know how to to be in it i'm interested that you say we don't have to get into it we're already in it how do you explain to someone that they're already in it what are the clues well they there are no clues until you try doing something for instance like a power of eight group yeah um, then they experience it because as i say we are so conditioned by the scientific story the old scientific story that we experience life as separate we experience time as separate and time as a forward going arrow you know there's no place in the brain that recognizes time, believe it or not. There's no, every quantum physicist worth his salt will say time doesn't exist. We're part of one big smeared out now. But we create time and space and separateness. So when people go into power of eight group, and I discovered this again by accident. I mean, I was just trying to figure out back in 2008, if I've had these big intention experiments and they are successful, what happens if I scale them down? You know, I was kicking around this for a first workshop back in 2008. And I'm saying to my husband, Brian, um, <clears throat> who's also co-owner of our ex- exhibition and our magazine, What Doctors Don't Tell You, and co-editor. I was saying to him, well, I don't know, maybe I'll put them in groups of eight or something and have them send healing intention to each other. And he said, I love it, the power of eight. He's a very good headline writer. And so that's how it was born, just by accident. I put people in groups. I thought it was going to be a nice little easy feel-good effect, like getting a facial or getting your back massaged a little bit. And asked all the groups to send an intention to a member of the group with the health challenge. They did. I had them come back the next day. And then said, okay, let's hear from the recipients. Anything happened? Thinking, again, nice little back rub, little relaxation. That's not what happened. People got up on the stage and they said things like this. Uh, I've had depression for years and it feels completely lifted. Somebody else said, I've had really bad gut problems and my gut is normal today. Somebody else said, I have bad arthritis in one knee and I'm walking normally today. Somebody else said, I have cataracts and I'm 80% better. So I was completely flabbergasted. We were both flabbergasted and also disbelieving. I thought placebo effect, you know, this isn't a real effect. This is a placebo effect. Even I was disparaging it. And I was actually worried it was going to take away from my big intention experiments, this weird healing going on. But I kept practicing with it and practicing with it and doing it in groups and workshops, et cetera, now thousands of times. And I found the same healing effects, not every single time, but enough to say something amazing was going on. And then I started in 2015 uh, with year-long courses to see what would happen if I put people in groups like this for a year would those effects really magnify in other aspects of their lives and answer yes of the first group I did. um, And I kept careful track of, I always keep careful track of what's going on with all Mm. of the groups um, and have them report back, et cetera. Um, Of those people who met regularly with their group, whether they were a sender or a receiver, pretty much a hundred percent of the people had some sort of major life transformation. That meant they had a healing, physical healing, or they got windfalls of the money they needed, pretty much the money they needed. They got 
<clears throat> new relationships or mended the relationships they had. They found new careers, even people who were, you know, of a reasonably advanced age um, mm. and, or they discovered a new life purpose, but their lives had transformed. And many of those groups are still meeting to mm. this day. Uh, and I do it every year. And we, mm. you know, we create, we create these power, ongoing power of eight groups. So <clears throat> what I discovered and, you know, it was very frightening. Um, first of all, after doing the neuroscience studies on it, I understood. I got a handle on why these healings were taking place. But <clears throat> there's a lot going on here. And Poppy, it took me 10 years. You talked about writing a book. It took me 10 years to have the courage to write The Power of Eight because I kept saying to myself, nah, I need more research. I need to understand why this is going on. This is the reluctant apostle in me yeah, saying, yeah. you know, the journalist in me saying, why are these healings going on here? I got to know something more about it. So finally, mm -hmm. my husband, once again, it's a wonderful nudge to me, said, are you going to write up what's going on here? This is amazing. And the same thing was going on in my intention experiments. Since 2008, I have surveyed the practitioners, you know, the people who are the participants and mm. <clears throat> said to them, so how is this for you? Basically, what happened to you? You know, were you able to get on the website or were you able to participate? And, you know, did you enjoy it was basically why I started uh, mm. just to find out if people had any tech problems and how it went for them. And I started getting back answers like this. I felt I was part of a higher network. I felt this unbelievable mm. electricity, like I was in a tractor beam of Star Trek. Or um, I'm, you know, in the case of the peace intention experiments, um, I made up with my estranged partner or my son who hasn't talked to me for 20 years suddenly called mm. me. Or, and this was the most common one, I'm more in love with everyone I come in contact with. About 40%, 45% say that, nearly half. And mm -hmm. then the other thing that I noticed was healings. About around the same percentage, around 40% of people say they've had some sort of physical healing. Right. So this started yeah. me thinking, whoa, what's going mm -hmm. on here? Mm -hmm. And I think that is one of the key elements happening in these power of eight groups. So number one, there's the power of intention. No question. Uh, you know, I wrote about it in the intention experiment. Mm -hmm. Hundreds and hundreds of studies demonstrating thoughts or things that affect other things of any sort. <clears throat> but then there is a group effect, which is, yeah. you know, psychologists like the late French psychologist Emile Durkheim first called groups. He said they have an effervescent effect, you know, everything just gets lifted in a group. Then you have a big piece of this, which is altruism. Mm -hmm. um, altruism, when you look at the science of altruism, altruism is like a bulletproof vest. Um, people who do things for other people are, live healthier, happier, uh, longer lives. Even people with the same illness, if they help someone else with the same illness, they get better. So altruism is a giant piece of this because people are doing intention for someone else. Yeah. And that's yeah. something that I say all the time in my workshops. When people aren't getting better, I'll say, get off of yourself. Yeah. Start doing yeah. intention for someone else. And then finally, there's that little bit of magic that we can't explain. But all of this, I think another big piece and possibly the biggest one of all is oneness, that sense yeah. of oneness. Because as I said, with my studies, it demonstrated people were, the, the brainwave signatures we discovered had nothing, they didn't look anything like meditation and we were shocked that they didn't. Mm. They were much more like studies that have been done of Buddhist monks during ecstatic prayer or Sufi masters during chanting. These were people essentially in a state of ecstatic oneness. And that yeah. was the brainwave signatures uh, on our student volunteers who were part of a study run by us at, 
with neuroscientists at Life University, which is one of the biggest chiropractic universities in the world. We did a series of studies with them. And what this demonstrated to me was, you know, and among these student volunteers, most of them hadn't even meditated before. They were total novices, Mm -hmm. yet they were recording these effects. And so this told me that one of the things that happens during a power bait group is that people enter into a state of ecstatic oneness. And that is what they describe in all of those surveys consistently, whether intention experiments or power bait groups. And that state of ecstatic oneness is an experience of the field. That is an experience of actually feeling like we are all one. We all say we're all one. We don't act that way and we don't experience life that way, but here's an opportunity to do so. Mm, Yes. The universal law of the fact that we are one is the governing law of the universe. It is. And yet we, we're not acting like that at the moment. We're not experiencing life that way. So this is one way, but you know, Papa, you, you were absolutely right in that. This is a governing principle of the universe, but we've created a world that doesn't live like that at all. That lives uh, according to another governing principle, which is I win, you lose. Mm. So we have to live in a different way. We have to create something different. And it's never been more necessary than right now, as we can all see. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Then, And that kind of brings us around. I mean, there's so much I could talk to you about, my goodness me. But that brings us really neatly around to, you know, why your next stage seems to be moving into all of the kind of, like the outliers, you know. But, but it, what I love is that you're looking at the niche and outlying information, but you're bringing that into a connectedness, right? So you are you are looking at that euphoria that's behind that. Not just the not just the problem and the symptom, but it's like when you talk about that, you know, almost like, I mean, you call it uh, ecstatic oneness. It's, for me, one of my governing, I suppose, principles of life is that we are able to, dare we say it, access joy. Because in that state, you know, and I've done your power of eights, so I know about powering up and I love, getting into that slipstream it is euphoric there is joy there right and and how much can we step into that like what what do you think we can do for us to get more into that Lynn well I think number one I think everybody should be part of a power of eight group because it's got it's so healing in every way. I mean, particularly now post-COVID we've all been so isolated for a few years Um, And one of the things that I kept encouraging during the um, lockdown was creating Power of Eight groups. Um, I set up on my Facebook, you know, a Facebook group called Connecting and Healing Through the Power of Eight because I thought people needed it. Mm -hmm. I think I think just having that connection. I have two groups that I am part of every week. And we saw how healing that was over that over over covid over a time where we couldn't touch or be near other people yeah so i think we need that to experience joy we need connection and community Uh, in my book the bond i wrote about that answer to darwin and saying no we weren't born to be competitive we were born (laughs) to connect we were born to belong we need that so i think that's really what what is missing and that we need much more Secondly, we have to understand ourselves as energy systems. Now, you're certainly very aware of that with tapping. You see energy as healing. You know, you're tapping on certain meridian points and people are getting healed of all sorts of mental and physical things. So we are energy systems. We're big packets of energy. Even nature, the magazine, the very conservative scientific journal, had a article one day saying we are all mental the universe is mental and it meant you know it is all energy and we are in every nethermost part of ourselves just an energetic system 
So if we understand that, we have to change so much. And that includes our medicine. Right Mm -hmm. now, our medicine believes and operates on the assumption that we are essentially just a pile of chemicals and electrical signaling. Well, we know we're so much more. We're so dynamical. We are so influenced by our environment. And so this is why I'm passionate about the new medicine and bringing this to everyone because there are so many modalities, whether it's tapping or Reiki or certain chiropractic like McTimony um, and so much more energy healing, um, all kinds of modalities that operate on a different way and are highly, highly successful for pretty much any kind of condition. And that's, we have to adopt that new science as our medicine too. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely amazing um, to chat to you. And I think massively enlightening for anyone who hasn't heard you speak before or know of your work. I'm just so pleased you've got the mantle now to do this in the healing world with the body. Yeah. So your new, your newest ventures, tell us. My newest venture is using intention out of time. So I've got a, um, a uh, retreat that we're doing at Broughton Hall in, um, in September, September 5th through 9th. Broughton Hall was, by the way, it's in the UK in Yorkshire. It's a 3,000 acre estate with a country house, a historic country house that was the runner up for Downton Abbey Poppy uh, in terms of filming location. It's gorgeous. I've seen it. Yeah, it is amazing. So we are, we are, um, I'm working with my husband, Brian Hubbard, author of a book called The Untrue Story of You and originator of a extraordinary therapy called Time Light for overcoming trauma and the past. And we're doing a Heal Your Past uh, retreat because the latest thing I'm working on is intention out of time, intention, retro intention and intention into the future. And I work with groups and individuals on both. And we've seen some extraordinary successes. Um, We had a woman who was Annette, who was in my class last year. And um, she, her mother had given birth to at 19 and was very depressed by it. Um, Her her partner wanted a boy and overwhelmed. And so Annette grew up feeling mom didn't really love her. And they didn't have a good relationship. So we did retro intention work with her. And the very next time she saw her mother, they were able to have this extraordinary communication. It's like night and day, her mother now said, it's a miracle. The whole energy and dynamic between them changed. So I don't change what happened in the past. What I change is the person's power around it. And Brian and I work with people to understand the time as well as everything else is energy. Wow. Yes. Oh, so amazing. Yeah. Cause if we can, cause part of tapping is rewriting emotional attachments and we can't change them, the, the actual event. Okay. But yeah, we can, I love that you called it power, you know, that we're kind of claiming back some power. We're not addicted to that anymore. If we have the right tools, right? Like this sounds incredible. Absolutely. So if anyone wants more information, it's lynnmctaggart.com. Just under my events, you'll find out more information about it. And of course, Poppy. The show. The show. So we are at the Business Design Center and it's the 17th to 19th of June. You can see Poppy speaking there. You can see me speaking there. And you can see about 40 other people speaking there, plus a load of really amazing exhibitors, lots of freebies, and so much. So please check it out on getwell.solutions. You'll find out everything about our natural health care show with also natural pet care. We have a lot yes. of speeches about natural pet care as well and some great exhibitors on that as well too. Fantastic. We're going to put it all in the show notes. We've also got a couple of tickets that we are going to be giving away. 
So the best thing to do is head to our show notes. And yeah, we hope to see you there, don't we, Lynn? We do. We do. Fantastic. Brilliant. Lovely to to have a proper conversation with you. And uh, I'll be seeing you soon, Lynn. Great. I look forward to it, Puffy. Thank you. Oh, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed it, we would really love it if you could follow us so that you get alerts when we have new episodes. We pretty much have them every week for you. And they're a mix of live actual taps that you can use to amplify your results in your life and feel better. And also we have really special guests in that are really just amazing in their own sphere and case studies, talking with people, just so much stuff. So we would love it if you followed us. And if you really, really enjoy it, we would love you also just to leave us a little review. It doesn't take too long and pop us a little five stars or whatever you think we're worth (laughs) and um, write a little comment. And hopefully that will also inspire other people and put us in the ranks uh, so that as many people as possible can hear all about how rapid tapping can help them in their lives. Thank you. Hello, just to let you know that I've written a book. Would you like to pre-order my book? Yes, I hope so. If you'd like to manifest the life you want, I've put all my secrets, all my learnings, everything that I've been working on for literally decades into this book. It's called Tapping In, and it's how to manifest the life you want with the transformative power of tapping. You can get it on Amazon or any good bookshop right now. Hi everyone, I'm jumping in here to let you know about a very special ticket giveaway. We are giving away two tickets to the Get Well Show at the London Business Design Centre. Now in order to win these tickets, I'm going to ask you a little question. You send your answers in to the provided email and we'll be announcing winners next week. So the question is, what happened in Lynn's life that led her to her current work? So what happened in Lynn's life that led her to her current work? Now, if you know the answer to that, it's in the show. So go back, have a listen. (laughs) It's all in the episode. But once you know the answer, email it to hello at rapidtapping.com. That email is also in the show notes. um, So if you just want to go ahead and copy it, that's also fine. So that's the option to win two free tickets to the Get Well Show. Good luck. Can't wait to receive your answers. And thanks so much for listening.